0: Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, February 7th. It's your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is excited. We're going to talk a lot about Claude Giroux today.
0: Better Claude Giroux than all the All-Star game, because I'm not sure all of it was worth it.
1: (laughs) Well, okay. Thanks for making Locked on Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at flyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. On today's show, we are going to talk about that all-star game. Apparently, you have opinions. So I'm excited to hear them. <laughs> We're going to catch up on the latest NHL news from Gary Bettman, and it's Monday, so we'll have our nemesis of the week. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So hit that subscribe button and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network. So we have now finished All-Star Weekend for the NHL and there was a lot that went on in Las Vegas over the weekend. Of course, The highlight was Claude Giroux winning the MVP of the All-Star Game itself, and he had a lot going on this weekend. I think Mm -hmm. most notably uh, before the game in the skills competition, he was one of the participants in the uh, Bellagio Fountain game. Yeah, that was...
0: That was fun, but and, and look, I like the skills better and I like the game at this point, so I don't mind things that are different. But what I didn't understand, and I felt players' frustration, is why they had to hit the puck to light it up. Yeah, like, why don't, get that. Why don't they just give them lit-up pucks already? It's taken away from their time. It kind of took them out of their rhythm. Like, I didn't get that. And you could tell players after a while would just smash in the puck to light it because they would just like, ugh. Oh.
1: Yeah, I wasn't sure either why in the preliminary round or the or the round to get to the finalists, they didn't have to get one in every single
0: Yeah, game. I didn't get that either.
1: <laughs> it took me a while to figure that out.
0: I don't even but... try and figure out the rules. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> it's like I just pretend that I don't know the rules and I just look for good shots and trick shots and that's yes. good and I hope the announcing's halfway decent and I, I just go with that.
1: So what did you then think of the other new game for Vegas, the blackjack game.
0: I thought it showed off guys ability to like, basically shoot it exactly where they want it. Some guys were really good at it. As far as the card part of it, it lost me. Like it didn't like, it'll be out of Vegas, you know, next year. So if you do something like that again, maybe you could do it with more hockey relatable stuff. I just felt like the, Mm -hmm the card angle of it wasn't great, but I I didn't mind watching them shooting and going for certain shots. And I you know, for that, I I I enjoyed that part of it. It was kind of like almost like, you know, when NBA players call shots. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, that part of it I liked.
1: Yeah, I mean I liked the blackjack element of it. Although because those guys are so good it became very clear that they were all going to get 21 eventually and then they ran out of cards. So it was just kind of an attrition thing. So I sort of get it, but I think the crown jewel of the skills competition was the breakaway, which they brought back this year. So glad they did because man, did we get a treat from a lot of those guys with Kaprizov dressing up as Ovi and doing his goal celebration, um, I just thought that was lovely, especially because, you know, he admires Ovi so much and and he wasn't there. So I loved all of that.
0: He he even did the hot stick thing with yep. Ovi. Like, that was good. I mean, Kaprizov gets it. And, and, that's, and that's a fun thing because I'm still feeling like a lot of fans don't really know him because he's on Minnesota. So I think this was a good entry point for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely got to show off his personality. Yeah. I think the... Top two. I think there was some debate between who should have won the competition uh, between Trevor Zegers and Jack Hughes. And man, both of them they understood the assignment.
0: Mm-hmm. They did. I, I think you can't go by the scoring, right? Like this is just
1: no. It's just for fun,
0: frivolous stuff, and that's what John Ham's good at. And so. I couldn't be up in arms like, oh, he got robbed. I I couldn't even bring myself to tweet that, but I chuckled at it because I said, hey, good for John Hamm, thinking outside the box. the The only thing with the Jack Hughes one, I really wanted him to to have Quinn Hughes come out of the box. I thought that would have been better.
1: I was actually thinking in the back of my head that it would have been funny even if it was luke right just yes because any of the youngest. Hughes brothers yes yeah uh, i think that luke would have been the funniest especially because he got drafted by the devils but right um i i've just loved both of them i thought with Zegras just the shot was spectacular like I just kept watching it on replay the way he lifted the puck and tossed it in blindfolded and you know you love the dodgeball reference And and yeah. I thought the magic trick thing that Jack Hughes did was going to be cheesy but it actually turned out to be pretty fun and my favorite part of it was the unison of the stick toss into the crowd like, yes they, that and was at exactly the same moment, perfect moment, and it looked perfect. Yeah, no, 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 that was good.
0: They, they, he and the kid were like that. That was terrific as far as um, having everything planned out. Uh, the dodgeball thing's kind of funny because I really like the movie. I can't tell you lines from the movie, but apparently Ziegris has watched it a thousand times. The only thing is, there's always a skeptic in me that says that wasn't the thickest of blindfolds, but it still was an amazing shot. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Do I think Your he could see shadows? Please, Russ. I I know, but you don't think he could see any shadows at all? Do you, oh, I'm I, sure.
1: I'm yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, He had but to he have a, a... No, I know. It was great. I enjoyed it. I Look, I'm a big fan of Zegres. I always will be, so it's fine. I, I enjoyed both of those things because it showed off the youth of the league, and that's what you want to do because they're the future mm-hmm. stars.
1: Yeah, speaking of which, we got uh, Jordan Kairou winning the fastest skater over McDavid.
0: Yeah. Now you remember I picked McCarr and McCarr did have a stumble, but I did say Cairo would be really good in it because I knew how good this kid can skate. He's got a great personality. I still feel like more than half the fans in the league don't know Jordan Cairo, And I've spoken about him a lot over the last couple of years. And he's really had a breakout year. And now he's starting to show his personality. It's great for him. It really is. He's he's a terrific kid.
1: He is. And I thought he, he seemed like he was having fun.
0: He really was like it was it was legitimate fun instead of just like kind of like going through the motions. And that's what I appreciated.
1: So as far as the game itself, I think the first one was kind of boring, even though Drew was in it and he scored. Uh, But compared to the second game and then, of course, they pick it up in the final because they're playing for the million dollars.
0: Right. And I knew they would do that. But like I had to turn it off when I saw goalies barely bending down for the puck at the beginning. I'm like, all right, guys, you know, it's like if you can't give me it was to me, it was less effort than practice.
1: Except Cam Talbot was in it.
0: He was. He, Cam he Talbot.
1: was absolutely in
0: it. He was in it. And, and I did flip it back a little towards the end. But they lost me in the middle. and And this is this is my basic problem. Like we have all these great memories, and I still think the ones from the game are okay, of the skills, but the skills was on ESPN and not ABC, and I would have preferred it to be flipped. But that's okay. They did The one thing ESPN did a very good job of, they started to cover that at like 1 o'clock with different segments every hour, and that's something that's really never been done on the NHL level, so in that regard, that was very good. So you know there was good there was hits and misses, but the, on the bad side, the Messier and Chelios, it's anytime they flipped to them. Did you enjoy them at all?
1: No, they were terrible. Whew. But so bad, <laughs> I don't know. But anyhow, back th- to the game. Yeah, I think obviously it was amazing to see Claude Giroux shine out there, and yes. like he just did great. He looked like he was having fun. He was doing his little trick moves getting the goalie to to move the way he's so good at. I think it was good for everybody to see, just especially given how the Flyers are right now. But I think, you know, we'll talk more about that later in the show. But I did want to mention two uh, post-game quotes that is the most Claude Giroux ever. When um, Emily Kaplan asked him... You know, hey, Alex Ovechkin couldn't be here. You are now the captain. Any words for him back home? Claude Giroux was like, not really. <laughs> yeah, I loved that's it. That's funny. I loved it. Well, and we then, warned. He's
0: offbeat. He's oh, yeah. completely offbeat.
1: Absolutely. And then uh, he was asked about uh, playing with Jake Gensel because Gensel uh, fed him on one of the goals. And, yeah. Which was actually a great play. And uh, so Giroux said, uh, Jake Gensel's a good player. We had a lot of fun out there. It was kind of weird. <laughs> Like, yeah, I just love stuff like that from Drew.
0: No, it is it, it's it's honesty, and and that part's good. He's never going to um have like the really super on par on point funny hockey answer. It's always going to be out of left field, and that's fine with me.
1: Exactly. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show, like I said. But first, we're going to talk about our friends over at Built Bar. And this is the time of year where I would say a lot of people have given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not this year. We're sticking to our resolution to eat right. And thanks to Bilt Bar, it almost feels like it's not really a resolution. And have you tried their Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite. With some incredible flavors, with a cinnamon churro flavor, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. These are going to be your new favorites. And all Built Bars, including the Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Bilt.com and scroll down to their macros chart. You're going to be blown away. They're high protein, low calorie, high fiber, and low carb. Most built Bars contain about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has a lot more calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And they have so many delicious flavors to choose from. I like the coconut and mint brownie, but new this month, they have white chocolate cookies and cream. New flavors like that are coming out all the time. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. It's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in LA all week covering the big game so in addition to all of the festivities for all-star weekend we got our traditional press conference from gary bettman and he answered quite a few questions and there's a lot going on in the league right now so i was glad he did that but i didn't like all the answers the first thing that nobody would nobody that's true So the first thing that came up was the draft potentially getting moved from Montreal again, if they still have COVID restrictions.
0: Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked at this. I knew that they would want to have a live draft this year. I knew that NHL personnel were really pushing for this because it's, it's kind of hard to do it the way they were doing it. You know what I mean? I know the NFL sort of does it that way, but the NHL doesn't. And there's a reason the NHL doesn't. And it's also, um, A lot of times trades and other things can be sparked on the draft floor. So I think it's better that it's going to happen. But again, I don't know why people were acting shocked like when he just flat out he doubled down even when Daly tried to minimize the damage and Bettman was like, No, listen, if it doesn't happen we're gonna we're gonna move it. They don't wanna move it. They just wanna get Montreal to change their mind. That's Quebec rather, to to change their mind or make sure there are no restrictions at that point. It's not their number one choice to move it. But I do feel like if they did move it, we probably would see it either in Seattle or or Vegas. That that would be my guess.
1: It's just been disappointing for Montreal. It feels like, yes, you know, Lucy and the football with them.
0: I mean, it was great back in the day. Ryan Ellis' draft is yeah. at Montreal. Uh, you know, I loved it. Uh, more not happy to go back.
1: So we got some updates about other future events. The All-Star Game next year is going to be in South Florida with the Panthers. They're going to have an outdoor game in Carolina, which should be interesting. Can I talk about
0: the the All-Star Game in in South Florida for a minute? Sure. So that one, and I I don't think the article is online anymore, but that one... Future Russ hates old Russ because of it. And I'll tell you why. I don't know if you remember, but in that game, that was when the shootout got tested. Oh, right. And so I wrote about it. I remember interviewing like Patrick Waugh and a, and, a, and a bunch of big names about it. There was all this excitement. I'm like, yeah, 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 this is great. And now future Russ is like, he hates the shootout.
1: The other outdoor game is the Winter Classic, of course, and they are going to go back to Fenway in Boston for the 15th anniversary, which I, mean, I don't mind.
0: No, I, I look, I like Fenway, but this didn't go over great online, and I, I understand why. I mean, I think everybody thinks this is like just giving Jeremy Jacobs another game, like that's just there's no other way to put it, because they just had it in Gillette not that long ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, but they do have stars, and they do still have legit stars to market. Although by next year, could be a few less, one less, two less. Um, but Fenway's fun. It does have a lot of history. I did get a tour of it the last time, which was great. Like I was in, I was in the wall. I thought I could. I'll just say on this show, but being in the Green Monster was unbelievable. So hopefully, people will still enjoy it. But I get the why they were nitpicking on it. I do.
1: I just think it's been long enough that it's not stale.
0: Right. It should be okay.
1: Yeah. All right. I think the two bigger stories to talk about from this press conference are the situation in Arizona.
0: So I almost dropped dead when Gary Bettman was basically telling us that attendance could be Benef- there could be an attendance benefit in this 3,200, 4,000 seat, whatever you want to call it, because it's not really an NHL hockey arena, than where they are currently. Like, I just thought he had reached the height of spin at that point. And I it was, was just.
1: Remarkable.
0: It really and was. My head and, was spinning.
1: And just in case you don't know, the Arizona Coyotes are likely going to be playing at Arizona state next season in their new building, uh, which seats between 3,500 and 5,000, depending on who you talk to for an NHL style game. And so that's alarming, uh, but they still don't also have a stadium deal for Tempe. It, It is a gamble for sure.
0: It's more than a gamble. Like it's at this point, I think because of the pandemic, the owners are willing to put up with more at this point because they've already seen huge losses. And if they did get Tempe, that would be a big gain. So I guess they're sort of rolling the dice. But I'll have to say, I all of this is a complete long shot. I, I'm not sure the Tempe deal even gets signed by the time they have to decide if they're going to play in this place because that would surprise me, too.
1: No. And with all of the retrofitting they're going to have to do to make it NHL ready in terms mm-hmm. of locker rooms and gyms and everything for the home and the visiting team, because they're not allowed to use the Arizona state facilities because of NCAA rules. So it's such a mess that who knows when they're going to be able to finish the work right now. It's estimated it would be December at the earliest before they could even play there.
0: Yeah. So they'll just played a few road games like the Islanders. It didn't bother their season. Um, but remember back when times were simpler, and Gary Bettman was like, "Hey, um, like the NTS Center and the Coliseum, that's barely enough seating for an that NHL." Was Fifteen
1: thousand.
0: Yeah, but you remember when that was a thing? Mm-hmm. Now I guess it's no longer a thing.
1: Yeah, I like I keep saying Arizona is Gary Bettman's baby, and if it doesn't work, it's going to tarnish his entire legacy. So he's going to do everything he can to make it happen. All right, the last. A uh, portion of the presser that was also concerning was his reaction to what's going on again with the Blackhawks and Rocky Wirtz going on a tirade against uh, journalist Mark Lazarus and a, another journalist there as well at a town hall for the Blackhawks related to asking questions about you know, follow up to the Kyle Beach situation. And Rocky Wartz basically went off and said, I don't want to talk about 2010 anymore. You're just being negative. Uh, move on. And that was inappropriate. And Words put out an apology. It was a terrible apology. Horrible and apology. It was just the whole thing is awful. But and you know what the
0: other part was? When he basically said it's none of your business, I'm sorry, but when an owner yeah. says that, then how do I think anything is ever going to be transparent with the Blackhawks, with anything that they're doing, good or otherwise?
1: Exactly. I mean, it was just unprofessional at best, right? So, But also
0: the way he, he shushed his kid. I mean, he was actually yeah. going to be responsible and actually answer because guess what? Of course, Danny knows
1: what's going on and Rocky doesn't.
0: Right. This is a town hall. At a town hall, you could ask presidents of the United States things at a town hall and get better answers than that.
1: You're not wrong. Ultimately, Gary Bettman kind of poo-pooed it away and said, oh, he just had an emotional reaction. Yeah. And that was not what I wanted to hear from Bettman.
0: So I, I knew... I already had seen quotes in another interview he did before this press conference. Then he had a long discussion of different programs that they do. So I knew this was all going to be fairly muted. But again, based on what Rick Westhead has reported, uh, there still could be trouble on the horizon. So we'll see um, for the, for the Blackhawks. I look, I get it. Gary Bettman's got a tough go here. Blackhawks are a power broker in the league, but at some point, You can't ignore all of this. And I don't think he's ignoring it, but I think right now he's hoping it's going away.
1: Yeah, it's not going away. That is for sure, especially with up to three potential additional lawsuits being filed against the Blackhawks, including a former student from Miami of Ohio. And this story is going to continue these allegations are going to continue regardless of what the Blackhawks are doing or not doing. And it's just in their best interest to be forthcoming and to ingratiate themselves. And they're not doing it. And Gary Bettman is not being helpful either.
0: And remember, for all of the, well, you know, nobody's, not there, nobody's there anymore. Well, then, like, Patrick Sharp shouldn't have been on the GM search. And he was on there with Marion Hoso, who was also on that team. Like they shouldn't be part of the GM search.
1: They should not. It is true. If they're trying to look forward, involving members of the 2010 team in your current activities is not that. All right. We're going to try and spin things a little bit more positively, but not in a inappropriate way like Gary Bettman just tried to do when we come back when we talk about our nemesis of the week.
0: BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and likes than ever before. As football continues, it's March through the playoffs, right to the big game next week. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts.
1: All right. So I just said we were going to try and be positive, but it's time for the Nemesis of the Week, which may not be (laughs) positive. You lied. I did lie. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. We're going to try and build some positive stuff into this segment, though. And if you're not familiar with our Nemesis of the Week, we on Mondays try and look at what's going on with the Flyers or in hockey and pick something that's getting our goat for this upcoming week and last week I talked a lot about the Flyers not being on lists like best of lists or player of the week rookie Mm -hmm. of the month all that we just haven't had anything from the Flyers like that all season long because the Flyers have just not been good and I think this week kind of redeemed that a little bit, actually, with Giroux getting MVP of the All-Star Game. So look at that turnaround. Uh,
0: I think the nemesis of the week is going to be um, Philadelphia radio when they have to mention that Claude Giroux won the All-Star Game MVP and then just mention how either he's been a disappointment, hasn't won a cup, and is going to be traded in a couple weeks. That will be the narrative the minute the airways open up on Monday.
1: Well, that is not the positive spin I was looking for, but okay. I All right. Well, I think mine's similar in the sense that coming back to Earth after the high of all of that is going to be rough this week especially with you know only one flyers game to look forward to And it's it's just I think we unexpectedly had a really fun weekend as Flyers fans getting to celebrate Claude Giroux and the Flyers fun thing for this show kind of roped into all this is all of the amazing Gavin Giroux content that we got all weekend, you know, Claude holding him while he was being interviewed. And then Ryan put out a whole bunch of great stuff on her Instagram of him uh not wanting to leave the glass to get as close to dad as possible yeah uh, he even like had a really fun interaction with iceberg from the penguins like, yeah with the that surprised so me but cute. you know
0: so you know it, it was only cute because iceberg didn't have the air horn if he had the okay. air horn <laughs> it would have been a whole different the
1: air horn <laughs>
0: i am it would have been a whole different interaction and you know it <laughs>
1: Um, I also appreciated all of the uh, limo content, I think, after the yes. game. Just Gavin was dancing in the yes. limo to music. It was just all of it was so cute. And I and Gavin's going to
0: be taller than Claude. Can we just say that now? I think
1: so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. That is the prediction. I, I do think also Carter Stamkos like tried to take the spotlight away from gavin with the zamboni thing but i don't think he quite did it i still think... it was close though he got his dad yeah. off the
0: podium so he
1: did he did but i just thought uh it was so nice to see claude there with gavin i think that was a big part of why he had such a good time and he said as much so uh very appreciative that they sent the whole family and everybody had a great time and we got to celebrate claude derue in a in a bittersweet way i think
0: I have one non-Flyers fun thing. Um, TSN caught Tom Wilson talking to Stamkos, and apparently Wilson was borrowing sticks, and he borrowed a Jack Eichel stick, which has more flex than his, so he could use it for the hardest shot. Oh, no. Yes. Because even Stamkos was surprised. He goes, oh, this is an Eichel stick. I forgot what they said, Ikes or whatever, you know, some, you know, bad hockey. But, but. But, yeah, Eichel's sticks were there, and Wilson didn't know why, but he used them.
1: (laughs) Interesting. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Phantoms Tuesday. And then we will also be doing a deep dive into Morgan Frost and his season thus far. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send in your questions via Twitter at Locked Flyers, or you can email us at locked Flyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M.
0: I'm Russam at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y.
1: You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.